0: Welcome back, shooters, to another episode of the Hoop Troop. We are on week eight already, and week eight brings us girls state basketball kicking off here today at at Wells Fargo Arena. We have 1A and 2A brackets already set for state next week on the boys' side. 3A and 4A are coming your way today or tomorrow. Exciting times. One of the best times of the year, if not the best time of the year. On this episode, we discussed some surprises that happened last week, some really great games that happened last week um, in the state, and some games that we are all looking forward to uh, here today or tomorrow in, in the big two classes, 3A and 4A. As we mentioned, have a lot of stuff going on here in the state, a lot of stuff to talk about, a little bit of a longer episode, but we also dive into best concession stand in the state. Mr. Betts reveals to us why he thinks, what he think his choice is, and we all emphatically agree because of one item that is offered. We appreciate you following along on this Hoop Troop journey these last couple of weeks. Um, like I said, exciting times here in the state. We got one or two more episodes for you. Uh, we appreciate all the support, um, all the engagement on social networks and stuff like that. Uh, you can follow us at Shooters Touch IA on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, search the
1: Shooters Touch. And always remember shooters shoot. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Troop podcast brought to you by the Shooters Touch. You have to take a deep breath here before we get this episode going. We have a lot to cover. It's been a huge, massive week uh, in Iowa basketball. Um, all things girls' hoops, getting that jumped off here tomorrow um, with some really great matchups down at the well. Um, starting right away uh, first thing in the morning here would be Monday by the time you get this it's probably a little late but uh, Johnston Dowling starting things um, at the well uh, for a fun week of girls basketball and surprisingly um, doesn't look like there's any snow in the forecast for girls state basketball that's got to be the first time it hasn't snowed in, I don't know, a long time, four or five years, it feels like there's always that fluke. Probably that snowstorm that we got last week. That's what normally comes during girls' state basketball, but hopefully not this week. Weather stays up, and then we get to the boys and get that tournament set as well. Um, without a we got to get bring these troopers in here. we got to talk a little bit about this week, but uh, before we do, my guy Adam with me, as always. Adam, what would you think? Big week here? Are you excited to get this going?
2: Very, very
3: excited. Uh, best time of the year, um, and... I'm assuming all of our opinions, Um, and like you said, getting started off right away tomorrow morning uh, with the girls, and uh, then obviously next week, boys, too, so excited to hear what Troopers got to say about uh, this past week and this upcoming week with some of the big games we got coming here, too.
1: Before we get into it, Adam, you feeling good after that, you and I, um, that win yesterday and getting conference, conference, yeah, Um,
3: I don't know. If if um if you didn't have a chance to watch it, I feel sorry for you because that game was just absolutely incredible. Um, probably a little bit of bias on my part, but um, one of the better games I've seen all year, and yeah, definitely um, happy about that. Uh, got the first place down in St. Louis, and uh, can get things going here uh, this coming Friday. So always an exciting time down there in St. Louis too.
1: And uh, Coach Larson, just great coaching there. Bowen Barnes decided to take over in overtime and hit. Uh hit a huge shot in the lane there and then a big three that must have been all coaching is all i can think uh i i i I will just tell you this
2: i was beaming i was i was there adam and i were texting a little bit and uh it is it's it's a cool thing and i know coach betts would tell you the same like it is such a cool thing when when your kids go on to do do
1: Oh, we lost you there, Coach. You're kind of right, right in the heart of um, saying how excited uh, you were. We lost, dropped your audio on that. Um, are you back with us, Coach? Are you back? I don't know that he is. We might have to, might have to loop him back in. What
3: a terrible time to lose the audio.
1: I know, right? Right in the hardest. <laughs> Just of that getting story. to it. Yeah, <laughs> dang. He's froze. Yes. <laughs> he upgrade he's, he's, we're to upgrade so- the Wi Fi with him, no luck. Go. Yeah, apparently they don't have, it's not good enough down there. So, um, but uh, we'll get him back on, get him fired up. But we, we got to get into this a little bit. Um, guys, we have a lot of basketball that we have to cover. Um, A lot of things that happen um, as far as teams punching their ticket, which we'll get to. We'll obviously, as always, highlight our game of the week um, and, and try to find one uh, with so many games going on. It was just a lot of fun. All right, so transitioning into what's uh, kind of become a little bit of our coach's corner here to start with uh, on the pod. Don't have a ton of topics tonight because we have so many games that we have to cover, but one thing that uh, feels a little timely that I wanted to get your guys' takes, um, Coach Larson and Coach Betts, on this is um, social media obviously plays a big role in all of our lives and what we do um, as coaches, as players, as fans, as parents, as whatever. It's a huge, huge impact on our life. Um, and it can be good, it can be bad. And we kind of know and how all this story goes, but coming from a position, um, of running a program, uh, having young men, you know, under your toolage and, and trying to learn and grow, uh, how do you guys address it? Did you have a policy? Um, did you need one back in, in your time when you guys were coaching and ultimately, um, what advice could you give for maybe some young coaches that are stepping up into having their own program and how to address social media?
4: Well, since I'm the oldest, I'll go first. Um, But, you know, back when I was coaching, we really there wasn't I don't remember there being Twitter, you know, maybe there was Facebook or something like this, Uh, you know, but again, some things don't change, you know, I think no matter if it was in the newspaper back then, or if it was on like we talked earlier about the old, you know, Iowa preps, you know, uh, that that whole uh, platform of uh, which was seem to be about 80% negative or bashing somebody um, that, you know, I just made sure our kids knew that, you know, whatever they put out there, there's no magic eraser, you know? And so, um, and again, if you, if you're, especially if you're having success, you're going to be more scrutinized. You're going to ever, you know, people are going to pick apart what you're doing uh, no matter what you put in the paper, no matter what you put uh, you know, in, in an email, what, whatever it is. Um, and so today I can't even imagine, uh, the talks that coaches have to have with their players uh, and their other coaches, not only players, but their even their, their staff about, you know, what's acceptable, what's not. Um, uh, I just had this talk last week that I, I said, you know, I think one of the hardest thing to do and just, you know, every coach has to put out a tweet after a game. I'm like, that's the last thing in the world I want to do is, you know, we just lose a game and I've got to put out some sort of tweet that makes everything sound so, you know, so awesome and great. I mean, if, if I was if I was tweeting how I really felt after a loss, it wouldn't be acceptable. So, but I said that's that's a bunch of you know, I mean, what they're tweeting out after losses. I'm sorry, I i just not buying it. So, but I I don't know, Chris, you maybe dealt with it. A, you're, you're a lot younger than me, so maybe you dealt with it uh, more recently.
2: I don't know if I, yeah. No, no, about that, but I, I will tell you, so I I am not saying, like, this is, like, unilaterally, but I think I was part of uh, a trend to start using social media some in that capacity, and I know I've talked to a lot of coaches. So, Brian, when first of all, when you asked, like, input to young coaches, so it was a concerted effort about five, six years ago that I didn't always like the narrative that was being put out, and we don't really... Like our local newspaper comes out like two weeks after games and stuff. And so one of the things I always felt was frustrating in high school was that um, everyone else got to write your narrative. You know, you didn't get to have a press conference after the game where, you know, college coaches use that really strategically to, you know, kind of like like Tom was saying, but write your own narrative. And and what I always kind of felt was still do feel as important in high school is that we keep in mind these are high school kids, um, especially from an adult standpoint. And so I always like to use that. And I think now, like Tom said, almost everybody uses it as a platform with which to communicate with your stakeholders, whether it be parents, fans, other, you know, students. And so I think there are some really good benefits to it. However, I think one of the, the things that's come up more is the student voices are um, being heard a lot more with that. So I would say like six, seven years ago, it was more just the coaches. Now everybody's talking to <laughs> the game and then there's trash talking that goes on and there's, you know, kids from other schools that are, are talking to, to you as a coach or anything else that, that is coming about. And I think, you know, I, Tom talked about this earlier. Sometimes that's a curse, but you can also use it as a blessing because at least you, you kind of have to own what you're saying. And so you can continue to remain professional and keep it above ground. Um, but also talk to your team about not just so, you know, sportsmanship becomes not just on the floor, but all the time, basically. And, and that's something that kids have to learn to deal with in their, in their lives nowadays because social media is a big part of, of who they are.
1: Yeah, and it's something that, like I said, I mean, you got to toe the line and understand, you know, Tom, to your point too, that is once you put it out there, um, people are watching this. I mean, there are people that are, are paying attention. And like you said, from staff to student, to um, whoever it is, like it's, it's a responsibility that not only plays a big role in your season and your team, but uh, ultimately moving forward with life. And so the quicker that they can learn and understand how to be responsible with it, obviously the better. Doug, I, something to add there? Yeah, and I, I think, um, Tony, I don't think
5: you realize, and maybe you do, the reach that you have on programs, on kids, on parents, because you you kind of know all the kids in the state and report on AAU and um, teens and kids and you have rankings. Um, I mean, so a lot of what you put out there, I mean, kids see it either good or bad or maybe you, whatever comments, it's, it's kind of interesting just to see um you know the the different things that are out there that you put out and mostly it's just scores or you put and you're not trying to hurt anybody but um you know sometimes kids use it as motivation I guess too but you do have to be careful because I put some things out there too where it's like oh I I didn't mean to embarrass anybody it's just a simple comment and boy people come at you but so Tony I I know you have a, a a large presence so
2: Two, I'll two. tell you, this is a, kids definitely know when Tony comes to their gym. <laughs> Celebrity.
4: I, I put uh, yep. two, two things. Number one, I, I I agree. Even though I didn't coach during this kind of in the, the Twitter day, uh, it's a huge opportunity. And I think a lot of schools do a great job. Some, if they're not on board, they they should. It's a great chance to market your program. And if we don't think marketing your program is important nowadays, you're you're blind because I think uh, the schools that are successful and market their program. um, I mean, you'll, you'll see kids that'll consider going to that school because of those things. And so I think there is some, some real positives there. Uh, But I, I, Doug, you're right. You put something out. I put something out last year questioning why a lot of girls, basketball players tuck their shorts into their compression shorts in the front. And I, man, I just got lit up. I'm like, I was just a simple question. I didn't know why they did it. And I just, I mean, I just got barraged by that comment. And, uh, you're right. You you never know what's just going to, what's going to light that fire with somebody.
1: It
2: does make a, um, and it was just an honest mistake. Uh, you know, kind of how we, we just talked about these post-game talks. And, uh, this was a few years ago when Luke Vasky and Garrett had had a big rivalry for four years. And I just, Garrett was leading the state in scoring. He had got signed with Drake and Luke was, You know, he had kind of passed him on all the ranking stuff. But Luke, in those head-to-head matchups, had won the the majority of them. And I just put how, God, these are two of the best players for four years in the Little Hawkeye. I'm proud of my guy for, you know, doing that. And boy, did I hear it back from uh, the people of Newton, which it was never meant, you know, because like like, uh, Tom said, My Twitter account is promote Norwalk basketball, not necessarily, but you don't realize everybody, your opponents and
1: everybody else is reading it. Yeah. It makes a big difference. And I think Tom, to your point, actually both of your guys, it's, it is a huge marketing. It's a a great opportunity. If, if taken advantage of um, it's something that I know, I mean, from us, obviously here, Adam and I have had this conversation before too, as far as if you, if you don't have a Twitter um, like it's, it's tough. I mean, from our standpoint, we want to shout you out. We want to shout out your successes. I mean, there's plenty of people like us too that want to hear and know what's going on. We understand again, Tom, to your point, it's very difficult. Maybe you are not the operator of it. Maybe you have someone trusted who is running that, (laughs) Um, you know, which is totally cool too, but like have someone that we can tag, that we can mention that uh, your parents can follow that, you know, the, the distant fans can follow. I mean, I think you'd be amazed at the, um, you know, the interaction that we get from people out of state. And that is a big way in which that they are still keeping ties on Iowa basketball um, is through Twitter. And so I right. uh, have an opportunity to continue to market your program and continue to sell this game, Doug. I,
5: I think, I think you guys missed what coach Larson said at the very beginning. He said he's a trendsetter.
2: So I, do we need to call him? And, are you an influencer now?
4: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just said Mr. Mr. Influencer. I,
2: I, I, we started and it was all, it was all just a personal thing because we were struggling with some culture things and like i said it was a way for me to just communicate with all our stakeholders and i it just maybe coincidentally started but i think some other people thought and were like oh that's a good idea so you you don't need to make which, excuses coach good,
5: Larson. just accept good
2: coaching them. good coaching is stealing from other people as much as possible so that's just good <laughs>
1: coaching by so. Again, that is at C. Larson5, I believe, at Twitter is what it is. If you want to go ahead and well, jump on. Both
2: wanted to be a little more argumentative, so I'm just trying to create some. There we go. You well,
1: know, yeah. uh, we're just trying to make sure that uh, the uh, Iowa High School basketball influencer that is Coach Larson has got, got the oh, base. Oh. But, well, good. That's no, not I
2: always on the butt end of all the jokes on this
1: show because um, <laughs> yeah, you're the best coach that's why 100 percent. so all right guys well let's uh let's try to get into some of these games of the week here um and break some of this down the best that we can obviously we had our eyes peeled all the way across the state and trying to figure out who's where and what's going on. Uh, I know a lot of us took in a lot of games, a lot of us streamed um, several games, which uh, again, we tweeted this out earlier this week, but huge shout out uh, to everybody who's um, making it possible to be able to stream games and watch multiple games in a night. Um, I guess one quick point on that I know that the whole emphasis behind you know this time of year is is trying to get the attendance up and and charging to be able to have the streams but uh, I will say so I was in attendance to one game and streaming another game on my phone um, and had a gal next to me that was doing the exact same thing and we were watched so we were essentially um, eyeballs uh, on well essentially three different games she was watching a completely different game than I was And so it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a neat way to be able to to take in this game Um, going back to the marketing piece. It's a neat way to continue to expand um, on the tournament um, and these programs and highlight these kids, ultimately these programs and these coaches. And so with that, let's uh, let's try to go uh, in order here and figure out ways in which we can highlight our game of the week. um, And Doug, you're my, you're my top left of my screen, so I'm going to start uh, with you. What did you see down in your neck of the woods this week?
5: I took in uh, actually a couple of Paul Christian games and Pella. So um, I guess I'll touch on Pella Bondurant first. That was on, what, Thursday night, I think. So huge matchup. Um, they see each other in the summer down here in uh, my top 64 league. So I was excited just to, to see it. Um, good game. Halftime, I think it was tied, low score, 26, 24, something like that. Um, And Pella had a huge uh, third quarter, came out, I think, 12-0 run, something like that. So it kind of stayed about seven, eight points uh, going into fourth. Pella kind of took the air out of the ball a little bit um, and uh, ended up winning by 14. But good battle. Um, Pella was just a little bit too more athletic. Noah Allen had a huge game, had 25 Started off three for three from uh, three-pointers, but um, he was huge. So um, now they advance. They play Winterset on Monday. So that'll be uh, – looking forward to that. then also went to uh, Pella Christian, played Des Moines Christian uh, Saturday. And, again, top five matchup. Um, Pella Christian was, in my opinion, more athletic, taller, quicker. um, And they played a box and one on the Adam Whitty kid. And he did not score. He's averaging 23. He did not score until about two minutes left in the game. He ended up with two points. Um, just totally took him out of everything. And then Bella Christian has Eric Mulder, 6'9 kid inside. So they, the boxing one, any time they would drive in, he'd block it or he'd um, affect any shot. So they are going to be tough to be at state tournament. They're playing really well. So um, I don't know. That's uh, that's who I have in two A down here. So, a
2: um, couple good games. Yeah, it was fun. This is my favorite time of the year. Hey, before you go to the, your next guy, can we make sure? Did anybody else hear Doug right there talking about how his league are all the best teams in in the state? Then
3: <laughs> just promotion, coach. That's what that's called.
2: Uh, yeah, fun to make sure. Just to, to, we're gonna. I'm just trying to get back. See, I'm not even good at doing that. <laughs> Those Doug, doesn't,
4: Doug doesn't need a Twitter me. account. He does it all right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just uh, putting it out there. That's what uh, that's what Doug's good for. And he's going to have a 3A pick uh, later in this episode, too. So stay for that, uh, who he's got winning coming out of 3A. But, uh, Tom, let's move up to um, the Tom proclaimed best uh, part of the state and where the best basketball is played that northwest corner. Um, what would you see this week?
4: Well, I tell you, it's hard to go against this game. Uh, Cherokee upsetting uh, Western Christian. Um, I mean, who saw that coming? They played twice previously, um, a 31-point loss early in the season, and then just three weeks ago, Cherokee lost to Western by 54. You are hearing it correctly. And uh, they played up at North High School and – just everything I heard there was, you know, is, and again, if you've been coaching, if you've been in basketball, you we've all been in those games where we think, or we maybe we should have dominated a team. But once that, once you get into that game and it's competitive, it's you know, it's it's hard to get out of that. I mean, you just there's no magic button to turn it on. And hats off to Cherokee as a they, uh, they upset uh, Western Christian 64 to 63. I think we all had Western Christian, you know, tops in the 2A. I mean. Uh, who didn't. And, uh, that's a, that, that was maybe as big a upset as i remember in tournament action for a long, long time. Um, and then the second game that I just would mention was uh Waukee came up here on, uh, uh, Friday night and played at Sioux city East, you know, Sioux, and East, uh, East has had a solid season. Uh, again, I, they, they, have they've struggled scoring the ball at times, uh, kind of as Raz Vanderland would say, you know, we were more of a you know, kind of football guys playing basketball, but uh, still pretty tough. Um, And that game was kind of decided in the second quarter as Waukee held each to one point in the second quarter. Uh, The other big thing in that game, Waukee made 17 threes. You know, to go on the road in tournament time and hit 17 threes against a team that plays pretty good defense. uh, You know, that's, you're gonna win a lot of games uh, hitting 17 threes. So those would be my two games up here.
1: Yeah, that's huge. If, you, if you're if you able to go on the road and, and shoot the ball that well, um, good shooting will cover up a lot of deficiencies that you have elsewhere. Um, and, I, you know, honestly, and I think, too, and maybe a good time to talk about that Indianola-Urbandale matchup. I don't know if any of us actually watched that, but um, when, when you play in a good league and you play in a competitive league, um, say like Waukee does, obviously down here playing against these teams in the CIML, and then you head up um, to play, you know, a Sioux City East team that had a, a good record. I know they started out hot and, you know, hit their struggles a little bit there, but um, it makes a huge difference come tournament time. Um, and you can argue the same thing for Urbandale. Obviously, you know, cruising, you know, playing, um, obviously, and especially you talk to Doug, the best conference in the world. Um. It uh. It it makes a difference. So when you're playing three A schools, and now all of a sudden, hey, here we go. Welcome to four A, um, and CIML. And so it's interesting. I'd be interested. You know, your guys' take a little bit on that conference play, and you know, being able to take a few lumps against some good teams and and keep your wits about you to be able to go and and get a tough win. Well, I think I'll jump in. Yeah. Go
4: ahead. Uh, let me jump in real quick. I think, you know, having coached at healing, you know, w- you know, we were a three a school that played in a three, a four a league. And, and this is back when, I mean, when East high was really good and, and AL had some quality teams, I mean, but East was going to the state tournament actually, and doing some stuff with guys like Adam Woodbury and, and, uh, you know, they were having success. Well, as a three a school playing up, I mean, that always helped us. Um, <laughs> But right now, I mean, the MRAC it maybe isn't at the same level that it was 10 years ago. And so for teams like East, Abraham Lincoln, when half their games are against, uh, you, know, you know, 3A schools, and, I you know, maybe that aren't at the same level they were a few years ago, then that really hurts those guys.
1: Carson?
2: Yeah, the only thing I'm going to add, first of all, uh, Brian, I'm pretty sure it was you who was touting Indianola last week. So you, you threw that on Doug, but I'm pretty sure it was you who put that out there that they are not a team you'd want to see at that playoff time. So I would um, I, I I, I agree with I that. Starting yes, to I did. Now. Yeah, so here we go. But I will tell you, and I'm going to kick back a little bit on your statement, that I think you got to be really careful. Basketball is basketball. And like to me, if every team made the NCAA tournament, you never know, like Nebraska, I just happened to catch some of their games today. They were on fire against Penn State, and if Nebraska had to play, let's say, Northern Iowa in the in the, the NCAA tournament on any given night, obviously they have the players that could beat them, right? I think Waukee ho- ho- falls into that same thing, or Urbandale falls into that. But on the flip side of that, don't forget, I'm going to get my shout-out for Norwalk here. Norwalk had Johnston, who... It's still right, I think, in the mix of winning the whole thing in 4A. And they had him on the ropes on Friday night. It was um, – obviously, Johnson got out of there with a win. And, and I, you know, you guys, I've told you before um, that I think Coach Frick is one of the the best coaches in the state, or at least for sure, from what I see in Central Iowa. But he, he got them out of maybe their comfort zone and really trapped and pressed and, and hurt Norwalk a little bit with that. But don't forget about that. So I just think sometimes we forget anything can happen in the game of basketball. You know, you got to remember when Butler made two sta- uh, straight uh, NCAA championship games in the first round, each of those years, one year they went on overtime, the next year they went on a last second shot. They get hot and they make it all the way to the final game. That's, that's what's fun about basketball.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously Cherokee is a perfect example of that. Um, yeah. I would say that nobody uh, would have had that game picked. Um, probably not even most of the guys in the Cherokee locker room had that pick, but you show up and things start going your way and um, you let it ride. And we've all seen two where you let a team hang around for too long. Uh, coach, to your point, I mean, anything can happen. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's show up or uh, or go home uh, essentially is where we're at. And so coach, with that, Larson, what was, uh, what was your game of the week or two that you took yeah. in this week?
2: And you know, the other fun part of that is I think, and, and, you know, Coach Beth. I don't know if you agree, and everybody else, obviously, you guys watch her, But, like, a lot of times, it's not the best team that actually wins the tournament. And I think that's kind of the fun part of this year in particular. There's just all of a sudden a lot of openings all over the place. And uh, I saw some – I just – a couple people I wanted to highlight this week because they've kind of slipped through our cracks. One is Roland Story. Uh, coach Bergeron up there is, is a wonderful young coach, probably you know, just doing a great job. And they're 22-2, and two, and somehow I was like, gosh, shame on me. I should have I uh, paid a little more attention to that early. And um, so they, they had a huge win, um, get to the state tournament. And now I would say two ways wide open, and they, they should be right in the, the mix of things up there uh, when, when they get to, to Wells Fargo next week. So that, that was one team. Um, you know, Doug talked about the Pella Bondurant matchup. We've talked a lot about that sub state, um, Winterset was on the other side and they got North Polk and that sets up, I think just a really phenomenal matchup between Winterset and, um, Pella, which we'll, we'll talk about here later on. And then, you know, the other ones I kind of mentioned in the four, a games that I got to see. And, and, um, obviously I think at some point we're going to get to, to, I think it's sub state Tony would probably know, with Cedar Falls and Valley meeting up uh, coming up, which is going to be an amazing game.
1: Yeah, that should be a fun one. That's yeah, your sub state three. So we'll yeah, we'll definitely talk um, and highlight on that one as well. Tony, what uh, what did you have pegged as your uh, couple game of the week?
6: Yeah, so obviously saw a ton of basketball this week. Um, the standout game was probably Thursday night three uh, A sub state semifinal. Central DeWitt beat Xavier uh, eighty two to seventy five. A really fun up-tempo game. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about Central DeWitt, but they've got a big kid named Sean Gilbert. He's at a 6'9", and I think the Quad City Times list him at 295. Um, he had 45 points in that game, and Xavier just had had no chance at ever slowing him down. You know, he scored on post-touches. He caught the ball on the wing and took kids off the dribble. He knocked down a three. He um, I think the the most imp- impressive part about him, though, was his court vision. Um, he he recognized the doubles coming early, and I think he finished with seven assists to go with those forty five points. So he just delivered probably one of the best individual games that that I've seen in the decade or so that I've been watching watching high school basketball. Um, so Central DeWitt advanced to the sub state final, where they'll play Solon, who upset Washington.
1: Got some Jokic vibes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What was that? I says kind of sound like a little Jokic there as you were describing him stretching out, passing the ball, dominating inside, getting rebounds. Yeah, a little baby Jokic. Yeah. Somebody, he's he's
3: coming. coming, He's coming down the lane, and I'm stepping, uh, stepping to the side. No matter what coach says on that one, take the two. Yeah. Take the two. I'll just, I'll just hit a three at the other end.
2: hey brian can i ask you a question because um, you you tend to, to know a lot on the girl side the girl from uh, was it Fort dodge or algona garrigan algona garrigan yep did they make or is she playing this week
1: yep yep they're uh
2: similar similar feel right to her yeah game.
1: she yeah she's a little bit um yeah she's obviously more back to the basket but she, her footwork and her hands are unbelievable like if you throw it in the post, she's gonna catch it, which is um, definitely her, her biggest asset. Is she just has the ability to catch basically everything, and then the ability to finish um, with two or three girls on. It. So yeah, that'll be that'll be impressive. I think they have um, Audie Crooks. Crooks is Audie. who you're talking. Yep. yep. Um, they have. Um, it'll be interesting because they got the three seed or two seed. They got the two seed, and so I was looking at their 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 path to state. Um, and they would have to be, uh, Burlington in the first round who's undefeated 23 and zero, Um, and then Springville, who's like 22 and one, and then sets up the New Fonda matchup again for the third straight year in the finals, who's also 22 and one, I think. And so if Ooh. they're going to win a state title, they're going to go through teams with the combined three lo- or two losses. So, which is, which is pretty, pretty interesting. And those, and then, um, and those girls are juniors too. So this, um, they've been, this will be hopefully for them, uh, three straight finals appearances with, uh, another one on deck. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, see how it goes, but, uh, yeah, 1A will be, in, 1A will be interesting.
2: Can I also shout out Des Moines Roosevelt? I actually watched their game with, uh, Ankeny and they went on a last second shot. And, uh, I just know, I, I saw a story on them about this is a group that really stayed committed to staying in the, the city of Des Moines and play together. And they, they just are a really cool, uh, cool story. So I, I, I'm wishing them all the luck down the stretch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see both uh, um, the boys and the girls side um, for Roosevelt had, had, you know, had nice years. Obviously the girls getting the punch on their ticket. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, it's good to see there. Uh, question, I guess, for the group. I don't know who, but um uh insight on the remsen remsen versus newell uh, we have anybody that has any input on that one uh that's a that was an interesting matchup i know in, in 1a <laughs> substate one um and here's i guess here's one of my takeaways as i look at this and i, I tweeted or i text you guys in the group chat um that game prior remsen beat south o'brien 29 to 23 um what in the world What in the world is going on? And I looked back at their previous scores and it wasn't, it's not a style thing from what I can tell again, looking at scores. I mean, they're both scoring sixties and seventies going into that game. But then as I look again at Newell Fonda, um, Remsen, much more respectful 48, 47, but another close one point game. Um, and Remsen just grinding it out, beating Newell and finding their way to stay. So.
4: Well, uh, St. Mary's is again, St. Mary's is, uh, They're very, uh, you know, just disciplined. Uh, I think they have five guys that score between nine and eleven points a game. So they don't have a they don't have a a, you know a hired gun. And uh, I can see how you know if you if you you defend a team like that that doesn't have a guy that just can take it. It you can get a low scoring game, but uh, uh, as we all know, it's about advance it uh, win in advance but yeah i noticed those scores too and uh i knew rems and st mary's new Ulfondo would be a, a, a heck of a game and so
1: yeah that uh that one would have been a fun one um another fun one that we do have to mention uh i had an opportunity to watch uh the end of the third and the fourth um last night was uh, the Jessup ap game i think that one caught us all by surprise and and still kind of trying to figure out what's going on with that one but uh uh Jessup getting a getting a, a, a big win over at Waterloo East um is where that game was played over over a really good AP team that I think we all expected to see down here um in Des Moines uh next week. But uh the sophomore Tony that we mentioned from Jessup earlier, uh what's what's the kid's name? Jack Miller. Yeah, Jack Miller. I was impressed. Uh did not look like a sophomore uh last night and uh did a nice job, made a ton of free throws down the stretch and uh um, those boys uh put together, a, put together a nice game and got a good win. Um, any other games that we have not mentioned or surprises, upsets that you guys caught you a little off guard in 1A <laughs> or 2A here? Grandview Christian, obviously. Uh, Larson rolling. Hey, you said as it as usual. You said it. they're rolling, <laughs> rolling. <laughs>
4: um. Again. I'd say a game that I mentioned last week going into that was kind of my game to watch was the rock Valley Boyden hall. And, uh, you know, Boyden hall was a state runner up last year. Uh, they've got, uh, is it, uh, Tanner's Slaw going up to SDSU. But again, like I said, those two teams combined to play football, played in the state finals against Harlan. And then, uh, I think rock Valley had football legs for the first part of the season. They're playing some basketball now, and I wouldn't call it an upset, but, uh, it was a last-second shot, one second left that, that uh, won that game for him. And, uh, uh, again, uh, just would have been a great game to be at.
1: Yeah, that uh, that's a big one. So, as we look at this, so to a Central Lion, Rock Valley. Red Oak. Who? Red, Red Oak.
2: Um, Rock, Red, look at, Red Oak had a – if you were talking about upsets, I thought – Red, uh, Red Oak beating uh, uh, Van Meter in that sub-state
1: final was a pretty big upset. Yeah, it sound, that was close. It was a two-point game. That came down the stretch, too. Yeah. Was, there, was it a last yeah. second? Do we know or anything on that? I think, uh, that was, yeah.
5: yeah, I saw a video of it. They um, uh, Van Meter missed a shot at the buzzer.
1: That's what it was,
2: yeah. To right, win it, that. yeah. Yep. That was over at ACGC. Game four too, so a couple of huge wins for them this week, and I think it just goes back to not how good you are, it's
1: how good you play. Absolutely. Um, so as we look at the Central Lion, Rock Valley, Tom, you're I assume you're going to take Northwest Iowa, Pella Christian, Doug. Okay. Um, we got Red Oak, Monticello, Mid Prairie, Tony. I mean, who who are we taking um, right now out of two A? Who's who's the picks to win? If you had to, if I was making you, which I am right now, making your pick to win two A. <laughs> Doug. I,
6: Tony, go ahead. I, I think that the the winner of 2A is probably the semifinal game between Central Lion and Pella Christian. I think whoever wins that one is, is taking home the
4: 2A title, personally. I'm taking Central Lion. Uh, they've got a state championship coach, Ben Gerleman there. He's got a, a variety of talent. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a cat just walked across our screen.
2: did Ben win a state title player at Creston too is that right who's that Ben Girlman
4: uh George Little Rock
2: where George Little Rock yeah right but as a what didn't he play at Creston
4: oh I think he played up there I I think he played at George Little Rock Uh don't quote don't quote me on it I thought he played with Kyle McCann but I could be wrong
1: Jeez, we're going to have to look that Where's
2: up. It? Ben, if you're listening, you're going to have to let us know your history. Sounds like a shooter uh, uh guest, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris, <laughs> why we have you, who are you picking in 2A?
2: Hello, Christian. Mm. Little Hawkeye. Let's go! I'm telling you, they have a great <laughs> guard, and they have a great big guy. That's a good thing to, to center around down there. Mm-hmm. Plus, they were there last year, and they had a good showing. Um, got beat late. I just think they're prime this year.
1: So that all that Rolling Story talk then out the window or what?
2: Oh, love Roland story. I think they're <laughs> I mean, I think it's been a great run. I just think I think Christians is, is, is gonna get I, I'm telling you, Eric Mulder, like Doug talked him up quite a bit, but uh he, he's he he would be a dominant big man in any league.
5: I, I think people will be surprised to see him because he he's kind of burst on the scene a little bit, and yeah, all of his points come on dunks. I mean, almost all. Of, I think he had twelve the other night, and he had five dunks, and one little jump hook. He's and he blocks, shots, and, and rebounds. It, he's
2: a yeah, he's a he's a fine looking he's guy. Aggressive he's aggressive and physical.
5: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a fun kid to watch, and they do have a couple of nice guards, and they got some wings. And, so we'll see.
1: I feel like the thing with them, too, is on a quick turn, they're going to be hard to prepare for at that level. Um, ah. You don't have a ton of time to, to, to kind of get your ducks in a row to figure out how you're going to match up with them. Um, so that feels like a big advantage. Doug? That, that actually leads a to question to um, the coaches. So would you rather
5: see a zone, You'd rather prepare for a zone or man to man? Because like Pella Christian, they play a lot of zone. Winter set, we'll talk about a little bit. They All they do is zone. I, I just think preparing for a zone, you know exactly what it is. I, I don't know. It just seems easy to prepare for zone. But I don't know. What do you guys think?
4: Offensively? Correct. Uh, I would much rather prepare for man. You're going to have more – usually have more sets to run against man um, if you're a set guy. And also I think you can penetrate more against um, – a man defense. I think, you know, you can take it, you can, you can take advantage of mismatches, maybe more against man. That, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. The only thing though, Tom, I think
2: too, though, don't you feel like it's volatile though? Cause if you come out shooting, you're going to get open shots against the zone. Like, cause especially at this point in the tournament, if you're playing zone, there's going to be teams who are going to be able to execute, to get open shots. And Man, that can turn a game around with the three-point basket. You know, if you make three in a row or get rolling, the zone is very susceptible to that.
4: I think it depends who your zone is. If you know, I was we when we played zone with a guy like Brennan Kugel in the middle. Well, that zone, those those the other four guys, could really gamble. Yeah, you got you got a big insurance policy in the middle, especially in high school basketball. Now, if, if yeah. you don't have that, if you don't have that guy, I think it's a little bit different.
0: Group.
5: And I think that's what the molder kid will give Bella Christian. He just stands in the middle and yeah. If he stays out of foul trouble, and I said this yesterday, if he stays out of foul trouble, because he gets a lot of cheap fouls, just because it. I think officials don't always know how to officiate him, and I think that happens when you get a a dominant big man who's strong, and then you get a little six foot five ten guard going up, and he gets bumped, and the kid goes straight up, and all of a sudden he's got one foul, and then he gets two fouls, and it's like, he, and he doesn't do anything. But if, if officials let him play straight up, he's, uh, and if he can stay out of foul trouble, he's, he's, a, he's a, a, a huge different difference maker for him.
1: It feels like that is also on the other players. Too. Like, I feel like sometimes you get too comfortable having a big guy back there, and now all of a sudden straight line drives and you're putting them in bad situations. So um, as long as you're able to, to, to continue to keep those guys moving laterally it'll it'll help save him but yeah that seems like a tough matchup like i said on on short notice um and so then let's let's go let's go 1a um i'm gonna make this real simple on you guys i'm gonna give you a question are you taking grandview or the field (laughs) who wants to start us off grand grandview or the field who you taking
2: DVC.
5: i'll take chris larson Christian,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just hey, I, I until someone beats them, they're they're all same same thing with the dominant big man uh, defensively, obviously on the defense end, and then they have two really good guards, and I think they're they're going to be really hard to beat.
5: Tony, do you think Northland can give them a, a,
2: a run? I mean, you've probably seen them enough.
6: Yeah, yeah. I was I was just about to say, I'll take the field meaning meaning North Lynn. So, Um <laughs> the the times that I've seen Grandview play, I think that they they can be vulnerable to to a team that likes to fly around and put pressure on opposing guards. Uh, I think they can they can turn it over a little bit and and that's exactly what North Lynn does. Um and you know, obviously Hilmer uh coach Mike Hilmer has plenty of experience playing against uh Grandview, so He'll he'll have something yeah. drawn up for them, and let's let's not overlook that opening round game against Bellevue, who's come out of nowhere to to make the state tournament. You know they came in to the postseason nine and twelve and have notched three straight upsets to get here. They they play in the River Valley, so they play against two A and three A schools all year, so they're not going to be scared by by Grandview in that first round, and then Lake Mills in the second round, um, experienced and deep. With plenty of size to go up against Grandview, so I think there's enough enough um, potholes in the road for Grandview that I'll I'll take the field there.
1: Tom, what are you uh, what are you rolling
4: with? I'm with Tony. I think I'm I, I'm I'm going Northland.
1: I like it. so Coach it, Larson, we've given
5: every team motivation now. Influencers. Yep,
4: mm-hmm. here we
5: go. Rip Everybody away, I,
2: can put our podcast on their bulletin board now. That's right. And Ben <laughs> no Gerleman, you are right. No
4: respect. Ben Gurlemann is a Creston guy.
2: There you go. Yeah, nice. so mid '90s, him and Kyle McCann. You remember the court? He ended up playing quarterback at Iowa. Yep, you they, bet. Uh, I think they won a state title. I, they either I got think first beat or second. Pella, right? Yeah, there you go. I, I think, think they so. beat Pella in 1998. I think.
5: Kyle Sometimes. Corver don't.
2: yeah
1: don't yep. question, exactly right. don't question Larson's recall he's got that down <laughs> that's for sure boom uh, I will looking at that 1a um, and we talked about remsen earlier um, taking it on the chin the last couple times down um, and and meeting up with uh, Chris Larson Christian each time in the state finally sees him on the opposite side and so okay. if they can somehow get by your guys' is, North Lynn pick at the two seed um, and find a way to get to the state championship. At least it'll be um, playing for first when they have to match up with them, which will be uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know if you, you grind out a, a 32-31 win in the championship game. it um, <laughs> be, be interesting to, to tee things off at 11 o'clock in the morning. 11 a.m. Yeah, nothing <laughs> like Camp coming Easter out
2: Friday.
1: Championship Friday and having a grind fest of Remsen versus uh, Grandview of thirty-eight <laughs> points. That would be uh, that'd be a way to start things off. So um, for another podcast, uh, let's let's take a look. Then we move to three um, A, um, and this kind of sets up now our highlighting what we're looking for. Adam
2: Art to- picking, by the way.
1: No, come on now.
2: You're not putting yourself out there.
1: We are not. Then we don't have as much ammunition against you guys. <laughs> All right. Is that fair? That's got to be fair, right? Okay. That's um, fair. 3A. So taking a look at 3A action here, um, and kind of what you're what you're looking forward to um, in your in your guys's areas as we move through um, tomorrow. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll run this out in time that you guys are hearing these picks and these predictions. But, um, Doug, we'll start up your way. Most excited about 3A. I know we've alluded to some of these games and what they've set up, but uh, um, walk us through what you're looking at.
5: I'll be over uh, in Indianola.
1: Pella plays Winterset. Um,
5: BC Morris, Pellet at five. Winterset, uh, number six. Unfortunately, that's a sub-state game. Um, but that, that'll be interesting because Winterset does play all zone. That's kind of why I asked that question. Um, two, three, they got some really good guards and it's really stretch the zone out. So I'm curious to see how Pella kind of counters that. I'm assuming they'll put Carl Miller at the high post and just kind of let him operate, but, um, that'll be a big one. That'll be, that'll be fun. But I'm also interested in Denison and Carol who Carol was my original, uh, state champion pick. So I'm, uh, I'm actually curious to see how they do. And then, obviously DCG and Newton um, I, I wouldn't be surprised actually if Newton picked them off um, they just kind of they have the guards and they're kind of scrappy and um, they've taken they took down Pella this year and they took down uh, Ballard so it'll uh, there's a bunch of good games this will be fun
1: Yeah, uh, remind me, if I forget, as we're going through, we're going to need to talk about that Newton-Ballard game a little bit, too, um, and maybe get a weigh-in from the coaches on some stuff. But, uh, Doug, before we move off, of you uh, went ahead and uh, did the liberty to uh, set things up for the association and rank 1 through 16 if we were um, resetting things and going from start uh, here. And so looking through some of your matchups in which that you sent over – Obviously, would look completely different if they were reseeded. Um, just to highlight, you said Carroll would be in an 8-9 matchup with Humboldt, um, which would be definitely interesting. Um, Pella, Central DeWitt, uh, Decorah, Denison, Spencer, Solon, DCG, Clear Creek, Amana. Um, which ones I miss? Winterset, Clear Lake, Wallard um, versus Marion. And, so, and then Assumption, Newton. I know I said those completely out of order. I didn't plan on saying all of them, but we'll tweet that out, um, in which that what the order would look like, which would be very interesting. And I don't know if if I mean, Doug, you're you're the reason why we're getting the shot clock. Maybe you'll be the reason that we go to sixteen seeds, right? I just think a
5: sweet sixteen makes so much sense, and I I, I would think the association if they haven't looked at it, I would I would hope they do because um, I think you can. You can hype it up. You can celebrate it as a sweet 16 The NCAA tournament does. And it's it's fun. Um, and then you get to see a lot of different matchups, too, out of it, which you probably would never see a Pella versus Central DeWitt. If, if you took the, the B.C. Moore rankings, that is. But um, and you look at those, it's like that, that. those would be some fun games. A couple of teams would have to travel. But um, I don't know, just something we talked about what weeks ago and they were, you know, a solution. Uh, with the substates and that sweet 16 would, would definitely help it.
1: Yeah. And it would continue to, to sell the tournament before the tournament, which I know uh, coach Larson, you're a big advocate of, um, and just continue to grow the game. Uh, I think it uh, would be interesting or at least something uh, to noodle a little bit, but um, Tom, let's go your way. What do you, what are you excited about? What do you have circled here um, this well, week, especially in 3A?
4: I, I watched uh, Dougie's uh, Carroll Tigers, come back from uh, down four in the fourth quarter to beat my crusaders uh this week at uh, Heelan. uh caleb booth uh really nice senior guard 26 points uh and uh crusaders just couldn't figure out a way to keep him away from the hoop and when they did he just pulled up from about 24 and hit threes and so he was uh, he was really uh kid stepped up in a big way because he i it you know sometimes uh hey i, I remember losing to brian hake this way when you just can't you you're, you can't figure out a, a guy's hot. You can't figure out how to stop him. So Carroll goes in. will play Dennison, who kind of maybe an upset over Harlan. At Harlan, seventy three sixty eight. As we we've said, these sub states are a flip of the coin. And I always thought sub state eight was definitely uh, maybe the biggest flip of the coin. Um, and uh, that'll be over in at Atlantic uh, tomorrow night. Carroll and Dennison. Again, it's a flip of the coin. I wish I knew who to pick. Uh, I should just pick Denison because I know Doug's picking Carol. All right, let's uh, go Tigers. And then uh, you know Spencer, who who I think we all picked. Uh, they've good strength of schedule, etc. They don't really have a you know a big big guy, but they got Carter Petzenhauser, who's a really good player. They've uh, they're taking on Humboldt tomorrow night, and that's uh, is Storm Lake. And I got the Tigers there. I think the Tigers will uh, will prevail, and uh, you know father son duo. Carter and uh,
1: Corey Petzenhauser will make it down to, to uh, the well. See, that was, uh, yeah, that was. I picked Humboldt, so I'm on the other side of that, Tom. All so I'll right. be anxious to see uh, see what uh, shakes out with that one. So it'll be interesting. Um, I'm glad you brought that one up because if you didn't bring up Substate one, I was going to. So good job, um, Larson. What do you got? What do you circle down that your way? Well,
2: I mean, you guys have talked about all the local ones, and there's some great matchups. Um, I, I too, I, I'm keeping my eye on a couple uh, that, that Spencer game. I'm going to try and see if I can't run into it somehow, uh, I find a stream. The other stream I'm really looking for is decora. I, I, I think we're going to go to, uh, the Winters Winterset game, but I'm going to try and catch Decora. I don't know. I, I did a little research on them. I know they got beaten substate last year and it seems and Tony, you might be able to better, better correct me exactly on this. I just don't know much about them, but they've just kind of caught my eye with that great record and, and I'm kind of just trying to figure out who's going to take over in 3A, you know, who's going to kind of put their foot down and I just, I kind of wonder, you know, I think everybody questions their strength of schedule, if we're being honest, just a little bit, but I'm watching and it's been convincing their wins this year and they had a really great year last year, so it might be like that team, you know, I think we, we've seen that a lot, teams that have a little hunger and desire so clear lake obviously we know it has a couple good players too but i i really am, am am targeting that as a really great game to watch and then kind of to see if they can get by it what will that look like in, in the seeds for the state tournament you know they'll be 22 and 1 will uh, you know a team like dcg with more losses let's just say they win i just think three a is fascinating
1: yeah, that was I was gonna bring up decora too in the seating and uh I know Tony you did take you watched did you get a chance to watch decora a few weeks ago or have you seen them yet? No, I was supposed to
6: watch them when they were gonna play Fort Madison, but that game got canceled because of some illnesses with Fort
1: Madison's program. That's right. Yeah, so I don't know, it'll be interesting. That'll be a, a good game to keep an eye on um as well. So Tony, what do you have circled or excited about?
6: Yeah. So, so all of the sub-state finals over here are kind of interesting games. Um, but the one that jumps out to me is actually on Tuesday night, um, Assumption and Waller. They moved that game to Tuesday because Assumption's girls were playing on Monday night, um, in Des Moines, uh, two, two private schools who play in bigger leagues and are obviously have a lot of history. I think they combined for like 44 state tournament appearances. So, um, a lot of a lot of history and tradition in both of those programs. Um, interesting battle between a pair of uh, stretch fours there: uh, Wallert's Duke, Failey, and Assumptions, Ivan Prug. I think whoever comes out on top in that matchup probably determines the winner uh, there. It should be a good game, um, and that whoever I think whoever wins that game is probably got to be considered one of the one of the top two or three contenders in three A this year.
1: And going through and looking at this, Larson, to your point, from a seeding standpoint, yeah, I mean, how are they going to seed this? Um, I know, Doug, you said, right, uh, BC Moore still has DCG because of strength of schedule, number one. Um, But I would have to think that, Larson, to your point, uh, Decor would come in as the one seed. Um, And if you look at
2: them on varsity bound, guys, I'm looking right now, like their field goal efficiency percentage, like down the board, they have a lot of guys, you know, in the '60s, a couple in the '70s. Um, I'm just intrigued. They have one, two, three, four, five. Four, five guys averaging double figures, and another guy who averages eight point four. So, and very senior laden team.
1: Yeah, that's uh, so, a couple.
2: It's interesting.
1: It's super interesting. And then what from? And maybe you guys can help answer this too, from a, from a seeding standpoint. I mean, how much do you take in strength of schedule when you're looking at this? Or, you know, back to Tom. I mean, those both those teams coming out of District One are 20 and three. So now you go to 21 and three. You know, against the DCG, who's got what five losses? Um, I mean, how are you going to how are you going to seed this out um, when you get to 3A and and try to base off of a team like Spencer or Humboldt? Um, who's not been playing the caliber of teams that DCG is. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, It'll be a lot of fun once we get through 3A. And then uh, get, uh, get Doug's ultimate pick, which we're ready for now, Doug, who, um, 16 teams left. Who's going to win this 3A state championship?
5: I think I got uh, us, the, the Pella Set game. I think the winner of that game is my 3A champion. And, even though I love Josh Henry, he's a probably the, one of the best up-and-coming coaches. Um, I got to stick with my Dutch, so I'm going back-to-back back
2: Pella Dutch 3A state champions. Let's go!
1: That, I
2: know a- he's your buddy. But let's give Derek Schulte a shout out too. Like he's no he's no slouch of a coach himself. Derek is actually awesome he's uh
5: yeah he he, he, uh, yeah he's I love that guy he's he's a great coach great human being and uh um so yeah uh, he's Derek does get a a shout out but um um he's uh yeah I love Derek
1: that uh that sets up for a fun middle of the day on championship Friday going Pella Christian Pella Dutch um back to back Doug, Doug, nobody Doug, Doug, nobody has to the leave the whole town shut it down everyone's <laughs> heading to the well for the middle close, of the day the midday the day
5: cruise the coffee shops
1: a little midday cruise up to, to Wells Fargo so well good I'll make the rest of you guys pick 3a once we actually have um, have everything set so you guys are off the hook for now but let's 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 move to 4a as we take a look at those real quick um, uh, moving through Doug, uh, anything that jumps out or something that you kind of want to keep your eye on here for 4A?
5: You know, I I don't know a ton about 4A. Just the Cedar Falls Valley game uh, on Tuesdays pops out at me. So I'll probably head up there and watch that. But um, and, you know, obviously you got Northwest, you got Ankeny. So, you know, I I don't I don't have a prediction on any of that because I I just don't follow 4A enough. But uh, those are those are kind of the couple of teams that I'm watching.
1: I like it they have valley Sear Falls I think we'll all kind of keep a, keep an eye on that one um, Doug uh, or sorry Tom what about you do you, do you even do you even have anybody still live up your way or what's the deal here
4: no well anybody that I watch is gone but uh, again where I, I should say this I did see a uh, um uh, nor or I'm sorry a uh, walkie the other night I tell you what if issue like that um, they they got a chance against Ankeny. I mean you guys tell me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they do.
4: Um, I I don't, I don't know of Dowling. Um, Johnston's probably heavily favored against Dowling, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, you know, D- uh, Dowling, Abe Lincoln was kind of a low-scoring wrestling match, and that's kind of what AL became a little bit when uh, Josh Sticks went, went down. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're going to see Johnston there, and then that, uh, that other game, uh, that'll be a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, it'll be, uh, Johnson game will be fun, obviously, with those two teams matching up. Uh, Larson, what do you have your eye on in 4A? Uh,
2: Tuesday, I will be at the roundhouse of Des Moines-Lincoln, uh, to see, uh, Northwest play Urbandale. Um, and my guy, um, one of my good buddies, Brett Watson, uh, trying to get Northwest to state in their first year in existence. So, uh. Um, it'll be a good matchup though. Urbendale is, is a tough, salty team. John Schmidt does a good job. Um, so I, I think the games you highlighted, everybody is right on there. The other one in central Iowa, that's just a sneaky, just keep your eye. Like, you know, the Lee so not so fast. My friend is uh Hoover, just Hoover plays Ames. And obviously Ames is the huge favorite. They got Tammy and Lipsy back playing Hoover really can control a game with their guards, their ball handling. Um, and so they can, they can give Ames a game if, if they knock down some shots and if things go their way. That, that's just kind of – obviously they are they're, – they're, you know, a game that everyone thinks Ames is going to win. That I just think Hoover plays an interesting style, and Courtney Henderson always is kind of primed for an upset against those uh, suburb schools because of that.
1: So, are you putting Ames on upset alert then here, Coach Larson? I, I, I am. I, like I
4: am. Right, Larson's been talking about Hoover for three weeks. I
1: like it. I
4: like Check it, it out.
2: They, the second half of the season, they have been phenomenal.
1: Mr. Influencer. That's right. He's starting. He's All starting, right.
2: Trying. We'll
1: see. Come on. So hey, hey uh, to, to that point, uh, talking about Ames, um, obviously last game, played in that gym uh this past week uh kind of a sad deal uh as we as we talked about i guess we haven't talked about on the podcast but we love the old gyms Um, and so the fact that we're we're losing losing another historic one is a is a little bit uh disappointing but uh plans does anybody even know what's the plans for the future there up in ames Uh,
2: they're building a really nice gym like kind of across the way we were up there the girls played at Ames this year so I, I got to see it was <laughs> a lot of building going on but it's, I'm sure it's going to be nice cool yeah. we, we went through a similar thing Norwalk's last game and uh in that gym which Doug knows has been a fun a fun place for for the little Hawkeye conference for a long time so.
1: Yeah, I always uh, always hate to see those those classic um, old school gyms go, but uh, these new facilities you got to keep up. Uh, there's yep. there's demand for them, and so it'll be interesting to see what they what they cook up up there uh, in Ames. Uh, so while we're talking about gyms, Tony, before we get your uh, look at 4A, um, up to a hundred now, or where are we at on the gym count for you?
6: Yeah, we hit a hundred this week. Um... Went down to Central Lee on Tuesday for Danville-Winfield-Mount Union. And then Central DeWitt on Thursday night was gym number 100.
1: Love it. That's awesome. So 100. Um, and any – so you're going to add one this week or not? No, nothing being added this week. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably – Start to get to venues, which you've seen probably a, a time or two when we get uh, this far down this far down the road. But uh, So who do you have circled, though, um, as you take a look at 4A, um, looking at some of those over there on the east side of the state? Yeah, so obviously the big
6: one that everybody's kind of touched on was Valley Cedar Falls. Um, wish that game was being played in the state semifinals instead of a sub-state final, but what can you do? Um, the game I'm watching over here is Prairie and Hempstead. Uh, Prairie won the regular season meeting by five in double overtime, um, and Hempstead's been playing some really good ball down the stretch here. They've got a 6'10 kid named Cameron Fens, who's going to be a, a really difficult kid for Prairie to defend and, uh, would not be surprised to see the Mustangs come away with the upset there.
1: And then, uh, what about that Cedar Rapids matchup? What can you, what can you tell me? Um, cause I know little to nothing about either Kennedy or Washington. Um, what's a little bit that we can expect with that. So Kennedy swept the season
6: series there. Um, the last game was I think only an eight point game. Um, Kennedy is not a very good matchup for Washington. Uh, Washington has some guards who are really athletic, but can, can get, um, sped up a little bit, which feeds right into Kennedy's hands. Um, I think Kennedy scored like 15 or 16 turnovers in each of those first two games. Um, when when Kennedy's guards get out in transition, it's, it's game over for, for anybody. But Washington's definitely a program to, to be looking forward to uh, starting next year. They got almost all juniors and sophomores on the team this year. Interesting. Huh. Hey
2: Tony, did the big kid from uh, Hempstead? Did he just pick up an offer uh, recently, or am I thinking? Of yeah, so,
6: yeah, in the last couple of weeks, he's picked up offers from I think Western Illinois and then uh, Illinois Chicago. I know, yeah, I know, yeah, Fran that's I at keeping an eye on him too. So I, I, that might be a situation, maybe like the Murray twins, where we see him go to a prep school for a year and, and see what yeah. comes of it.
1: Interesting. Well, good. So taking a look um through 4A, it'll be interesting to see where th- things shake out. Um, obviously you heard it here. Ames on upset alert for Coach Larson. Um, as as we're looking at these schools um and going through before we get out of here, um Yeah, how many how many private schools here are we gonna have cutting down the nets? All you got Pella and Pella and 3A, but if we go Grandview. Uh, Larson Christian in one, and Pella Christian in two, um, 3A, I'm
4: picking Wallard,
1: uh, I would say Wallard Assumption, and then 4A, we don't, do we have, what do we have, Dowling, Dowling, Dowling. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting to watch. It's always it's always fun to see um, where those things shake out or obviously the conferences as we've paid attention to um, moving throughout, um, you know, seeing where people are coming out of and and, and where the good basketball is being played. And so uh, good stuff, guys. Before we get out of here, anything to add? Um, Tom, you got any shout outs? Uh, Doug, did you notice anything that uh, really kind of – set you on uh, the other direction at all this week or anything before we, before we cut loose? No, I, would,
5: I do want to give a shout-out to the refs. I think the ref, referee has been actually pretty good in most of the games I've been to. Um, the Saturday night game I went to was a little, little shaky, but uh, I think for the most part, our officials have been doing a great job kind of letting them play. And that's what I like to see this time of the year. year. Let, let the kids decide the game um and stop calling traveling coach Betts we don't need travel calls just let them play uh, you're exactly right
4: don't call don't call you know pull people over for speeding either okay
5: (laughs) (laughs) we've advanced
4: far enough we can do a jump
5: stop and and step through without it being a call to travel now let's go
1: you probably
2: don't think dame harden travels either
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah i doug to your point i will i will say from what i've seen at the officiating uh has if nothing not been noticed which is always i feel like half the goal is if you don't know it if you don't notice the officials are there then things seem to be going all right um and so i will i will say what i've seen um so far this postseason it's been good um tom any shout outs or are we done uh, what's the deal i don't
4: know I'm, I'm this is what i'm gonna give my my concession stand of the year.
1: Yes. This is what I'm here for
4: is Western Christian. Okay. You might Western Christian. You might not be at the state tournament, but you do a great job of concession stand. They're reasonably priced, great popcorn, root beer floats, <laughs> ice cream. I Ooh. mean, hot dogs, not they cheap. got root beer floats there. Absolutely. Whoa. Jim. <laughs> yeah. Every time I go there, Jimmy Ekoff brings me a, a root beer float. So, <laughs> beer. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I'm a, you know, I love food. And, yeah. yeah.
3: I'm sold appreciate. on that
4: consolation
5: hey. prize western congratulations
1: hey that's it's like getting the spirit award right you yes. get the best uh, concession stand um hey but then before we go since you brought it up tom uh my two little hawkeye guys who's got the best popcorn in the little hawkeye oh
2: i need my assistant coaches here for that one <laughs> I, I think they would always say newton if i remember right okay doug what do you think am i right there um, you know, I. I'm gonna say Pella. Who are we? Of getting? course, I'm gonna say Pella. <laughs> of course, you get you probably get a put popcorn. on it and all sorts of good stuff. It's the most delicious popcorn you've ever had. <laughs> you get a full bag. That's that, that that's that's what drives me <laughs> crazy.
5: You go to these places and they fill a the bag up like three quarters of the way. It's like, come on, fill a bag up all the way, would ya?
1: Like nah, that's doing it. Yeah. You know, well we'll we'll stick with Newton right now. as uh, his best Hawkeye, or best popcorn in a little hockey. If anybody has any feelings otherwise, let us know. Uh, we I'm gonna to hear
2: it, it. I'm gonna hear about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Thanks. Thanks, that's Tell us has gotta
2: be the best in everything.
1: Tell us the best. <laughs> that's what that's the conclusion here uh, on Hoop Troop this week. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh following along, we want to hear from you. So get at us. As always, shoot or shoot.